Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, welcome back to The Pod Crashed. This week, we're telling the story of Pan Am Flight 6. Thanks for listening. Oh, that, Mariah. Are you, Casey? I am illiterate. <laughs> but. That's a wonderful word for it. I read a lot for this one. Oh. Um, just very hard. I need Yeah. I couldn't um You're like a video so, audio learner. Oh, I I need Brian was like <laughs> like videos on YouTube that are just people or like an automated reading of like Wikipedia articles or like Reddit posts and stuff like that. Brian's like, "Who are these for?" And I'm like, "They're for me." <laughs> They're for me. Yeah. <laughs> They're for me. <laughs> like the other views on there are are just me previously. Repeatedly. Like it's all yeah. it's just <laughs> like um but this required reading with the eyes mm. and I hope it's worth it. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm very excited. (laughs) Um, Do you remember um, a while back we did Pan Am 7? It was the Strata Cruiser that crashed in the ocean um, in like the 50s. And it was, there was like, I mean, there was like a lot that could have gone wrong with that plane. Yeah. Um. So at that time, when we did that episode, we talked, I mentioned that the Stratocruiser, while beautiful, elegant, gorgeous, just everything you could want in a plane, they made 56 of them, 13 of them had crashes that resulted in like a total hull loss, like 13, like 25%. That's, That's insane. It's not good. So at that time, we talked a little bit about like problems other ones who them had had. And I mentioned that it could be fun to do a different story about like the same, basically like the same plane, but a different story, like not the actual same exact aircraft, but that type of aircraft and like Pan Am and everything. So we're doing it today. Pan Am (laughs) six instead of Pan Am seven. Great. Uh, and we are going back to 1956. A Boeing 377. That's like the proper name for a Stratocruiser. They okay. are truly gorgeous. I mean, just beautiful, beautiful planes. They were aircraft that like were definitely made with World War II in mind. And mm. um, they are like they land right there on the water, which is fun we love it i think that's so cool and indiana jonesy like yeah (laughs) and they oh they could actually hold like 100 people but instead (laughs) they would hold like 50 people and they would all have like a room like in a like a little 
a little den for all the people. Mm. It's very, very cool. Um, this one has 31 souls on board, uh, seven crew, so three flight attendants and four pilots. So those four pilots would be uh, first officer or, or a captain, first officer, just like every plane has right now, plus a flight engineer, which planes had, you know, not so not so far into the past right Right. Uh, you would have a flight engineer and then at this time they also had a navigator because there's not like computers doing all of the navigating and gps and all of that so that's the four cockpit crew and then our flight attendants we are getting names for everybody flight attendants are making the experience luxe now these like Pan Am 6 Pan Am 7 Pan Am 8 these are flight numbers associated with these around the world flights they would do uh, so cool like just unfathomably cool um Truly. the flight yeah they would go f- from philly from philadelphia uh which uh, for anyone who doesn't know is on the east coast of the united states they would go from there uh then they would go around the world and like finish at San Francisco, which again, I don't to- like you, you still have to get from San Francisco to Philadelphia, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. You still got to get the rest of the way. You don't start a new life in San Francisco, but yeah. I guess maybe if you're, you don't have to go back to Philly if you're from like Houston or whatever, I guess that's why it's around the world. And they just put you on the other end of the U S <laughs> and you can get wherever you're going from there. Yeah. Um, this particular one, Pan Am six, the direction it goes in, is Philadelphia, uh, well, not Philadelphia, this one, this actual aircraft could start in Philadelphia or Terminal 1 uh, or Terminal A at LaGuardia, the Marine Air Terminal, the, oh. I'm pretty sure, oldest continuously in-service um, commercial terminal in the world, which right. at this time it was like a Marine terminal. like. It was like a dock yeah. <laughs> for boat boat planes. Just love it so much. And I love yeah. Terminal A. And if you fly in or out of LaGuardia, JetBlue owns it now, which is a real bummer. But just check it out. I don't know. It doesn't look yeah. like anything, but like check sure. it out. It's cool. <laughs> um, going to fly from either LaGuardia or Philadelphia and then to uh, London, Frankfurt, Beirut, Karachi, Pakistan. Rangoon, Burma, Bangkok, Thailand, Hong Kong, or Tokyo. And I couldn't figure out for some reason which one this actual plan we're going to talk about today did, if it stopped Mm. in Hong Kong or Tokyo. Honolulu, San Francisco. Like, that's a cool trip. Very cool trip. Yeah. Like, lots of variety. I also think lots of variety, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some serious variety. I guess nowhere. Depending on the time of year, even like Frankfurt might be cold. I don't know. London might be cold. Like you could <laughs> yeah. have like every weather. Like it's right. so. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. That's very it's cool. cool. And uh, the two legs of that flight, right, are going to be the two legs that are going to be the longest and like the most over water are obviously when you fly from the east coast of the U.S. to London. And when you fly from Honolulu to San Francisco, those are, those are healthy legs. Like that's like a pretty good, decent length flight. Right. And, um, 
today we're in the fall we're in october i'm sure it's beautiful probably a good time of year to go to like all these places yeah right like not totally a milder time of year yeah it's probably probably nice for every single place on this list. Someone's going to write and be like, actually, it's like terrible. Karachi <laughs> is unbearable in October. I don't know. I'm sorry. Educate me, please. So the 31 of us are flying this gorgeous, super dangerous, oh, my God, plane with four prop engines. So there's the external big propeller just zooming around and they've got four of them. So it's definitely going to be loud but they did their best to like soundproof it with you know did the best they could with what they had and made it as luxe as possible um our captain is captain richard og his last name is ogg that's a good name og yeah he's 43 we got george the first officer he's 40 we got Richard, the navigator. He's 31. Two Ricks. And we got oh, man. Two, two. Two. And actually, Rick. like, double Rick, Richard, Dick, Rick. All of them. I know I should give them different names. That name just was, went right out of style. I don't know what single Richard. <laughs> you know what's right? funny? It's like, the, the only reason I noticed it is because our, our CEO's name is Rick, but it's Richard. Oh. Right. And I, did, I don't know. I was talking to him last week. So it's like, it's <laughs> yeah. been on my You're brain. Like, wow, just popping up. Yeah. <laughs> so many, so uh, many Ricks. Yeah. Uh, the flight engineer's name is Frank. A good name. Frank. Such little Frankie. a great name. Little Frankie. He's, he's 30. Good age. Aww. Everything is good. Sweet and Frank. then our, our flight attendants, um, or obviously stewardesses, as they were called at the time, um, we've got Mary. Uh, Catherine and Patty, and we wow. we love them. We love Could our girls. Have They're the best. Them better, right? Exactly. No, totally. Time. Right. Ex- oh, they all have the whole. If I was gonna, if we did whole names on this show, like like Mary is like Mary Ellen Smith or something close right. to that. I don't remember last. Like just beautiful yeah. names. I I love them. I love every single person. I love a hundred percent of this crew. They're fantastic. Okay, so. Pan Am uses the Stratocruiser for this flight. They also sometimes, they, they use the Stratocruisers and they also use the DC-6B, which was like a, another plane that was like originally, it's a comparable plane um, that was also developed with World War II in mind and now is being used for commercial aviation. Um, and when they, when they actually leave the U.S. at the beginning of this flight, they're actually in a DC-6, but then they switch it at some point and end up in a Strata Cruiser. So um, on this day, October 15th, there is a little bit of weirdness. I'm going to say this right up front. There's some weirdness with the dates and times for all of these. And I tried to just choose, like, pick a lane and stick to it. Yeah. But we're talking about an around-the-world flight. So days and times are just going to be, yeah. like, what time is it right now? It's... 905 p.m where i am but where is it where you are right like it's so um that's weird so if if you anybody like looks into this and notices different times and things like that um it might be my mistake but it might just be because like their their reference to time is different yeah um in different articles and things like that so i'm just gonna say october 15th uh they in the evening 
they've flown around the world. Everyone is in Honolulu, just soaking up the sun and enjoying the beauty of the world. And uh, it trips over, trips over. So everybody boards up the plane in the evening to uh, head towards San Francisco. And so everybody boards up, they have dinner, it's very luxe. Most of the passengers have cabins. There is like a less expensive ticket you can buy on this around the world flight where you don't have your own little like bed, mm-hmm. but you have like, there's a, a lounge and with like couches and like big chairs. And then you have like a seat that is like a big recliner basically. So people who are just like, sounds good to me. Good enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> like this is not bad. Right. <laughs> so there's there's a few passengers who don't actually have a bed and they have like this uh, recliner but um the passengers one way or the other they they board up they take off into the sky the pilots are up front having their dinner and you know whatever doing their thing the flight attendants are giving everybody this very luxe experience and uh yeah they're flying they keep going like time ticks by they're over the ocean outside it's like complete darkness i don't know if you could i think it would depend on the angles so the cruising altitude is a lot lower at this time than it would be now so i i don't want to pretend to know things i don't but the uh, so I, I guess I wonder if you can see stars out of the sky, oh, uh, out of your right. window on the plane. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think probably the pilots can because they're like the windshield is up higher right. than windows are on the sides of the planes. But if you can't see stars, then it's 100 percent black outside, yeah. like just pure darkness, like darkness that's like hard to really even imagine because it's pretty rare unless you are flying over the ocean, right? right? Even in the dead of night. But so time ticks by, everybody has their dinner, everybody gets cozy and comfy and like is asleep. The passengers are all asleep. Um, Patty and Catherine are like asleep too, <laughs> because like, hey, like, yeah, it's fine. You got to sleep sometimes, like, right? <laughs> right. So, um, and Mary is the one who's on duty. So she's she's up and like reading magazines and seeing if anyone needs anything. Um, they're getting close to the halfway point, and the halfway point here is in the middle of the ocean. And at this time, the like radio communication, the way the aircraft communicate with people on the ground. We talked about this a little bit in the Pan Am 7 story, but there's going to be you like intentionally placed like assigned points in the water where the U.S. Coast Guard has ships stationed. And when planes fly overhead, they get into contact with those ships to check in and they do it like all along the way so that ships hopefully are never going more than like. 60 to 90 minutes between Mm. having some kind of contact with the ground. Right. So they're getting close to the halfway point and there's the um, November station, I believe it's called in the, in the ocean where they're going to start to communicate with um, the coast guard ship that's down there waiting for him to, to say hi as they fly overhead. Um, Mary comes in and she's, you know, 
got her something. And so she comes into the cockpit and chats with the pilots and asks them if they want anything to drink. And a couple of them ask for coffee and the captain asks for a Coke. And so she goes back and as she's walking back, there's the sound of the engines that's like ever present. But as she's walking back to the galley to get the Coke and the coffee is she hears like the sound on one side of the engine start to like rev up, 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 louder, 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 like until it gets to this like screaming, screaming Mm. high volume and then like whoop and like shakes the cabin and like knocks her down. And oh, that's not good. And so. The Catherine and Patty wake up just like that. Pop. They're up. Right. Like they they're ready to go. They're yeah. ready to find out what's happening. Some of the passengers wake up. Some of the passengers sleep right through it. But they pop up. And in the in the cockpit, the pilots are just flying along, starting to get in touch with the, the ship down below. And they hear the same sound that everyone else is hearing, but they can also see on their panel that engine one, the engine all the way to the left side, started to run away. Like it started to, this is just a dumb, terrible thing that these Stratocruisers did. They, sometimes the propellers would just be like, I'm going to do it. And they just like, and like run away and just become impossibly overspeed. So this engine has just decided that it's going to just go to a hundred million percent all at once for no reason. And so the first thing you want to try to do is, is just turn it off. Like you want to turn off, off, no more. And it's like, no, I'm doing it. And so the engine is just like making this super loud sound and shaking the plane. And they're trying, they try to feather it. So they, meaning they try to turn the propellers so that instead of, so that they're just, reducing the drag on the plane so that they're less effective at their job but also not creating additional drag so they try to feather it and the engine's like no and just keeps just going super super fast and it's like making the plane want to like rock up because there's the speed of that propeller wants to lift the left side of that of the plane that left wing up so they're having to like steady it And while they're like trying to troubleshoot it, it's not listening to them. It's not doing anything they're telling it to do. And the captain says like, okay, well, we'll just turn off the oil to, we'll cut off the oil to that engine, just cut it, no more oil for you. And it will die because it needs oil. Right. Right. So they cut it off the oil and it just acts like nothing happened. It just keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. Patty cut like, comes in like trepidatiously a little bit like you know just making sure she's not like interrupting them but what's going on um so patty comes in and the pilots explain to her that they have a runaway engine which is a known problem on this aircraft and it's not responding to their inputs um, they have to turn down the power on the other four engines and they have to like kind of fight the yoke to like keep the plane level. Like it's not good, but they're, we're okay. We're okay. We're okay. This is a, it's a version of okay. It's okay. So, uh, 
Hattie says, like, you got it. And she goes back and starts to explain to the other flight attendants. And while she's explaining to the other flight attendants what's going on, the captain makes an announcement and says, like, sorry to wake you up, uh, but our number one engine is running wild. <laughs> True. This is a quote. OK, <laughs> sorry to wake you up. <laughs> But number one engine is running wild and there might be a possibility of ditching because if they can't get it to slow down, they yeah. just he's just saying it's just a possibility. It's just yeah. possible. So the flight attendants take that very seriously. They turn on the lights in the cabin and start to direct passengers to like go to their seats and buckle up. And while they're doing that, again, it's it's a plane full of people. It's way, 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 way fewer people on the, than there are on like the vast majority of commercial flights that we would take at any given time. There's 26 pa- or uh, yeah, 26 passengers. It's it's, but it's still 26 passengers, and it's 1956, and there's like little kids. There are these like twin two-year-old girls, like little kids, and two-year-olds. You got you know, like yeah. people know, sweet, like so sweet and so wonderful, and like a little cranky, wake them up at three o'clock in the morning, and yeah. you know, like or whatever time their bodies think it is. So, you know, you've got like the kids being like fussy, and you've got a lot of folks who are it's an around the world flight, so folks who don't understand English well like there's like a lot of different pieces right so they're trying to like get everybody comfy and the passengers again can all hear this like like the screaming of this engine on the one side and they can feel the plane like just not flying as smoothly anymore because the other engines have all had to be turned down in order to keep things safe but just so the Flight attendants get everybody, you know, and they're starting to, like, explain to the passengers, like, fill in some of the blanks, go through, like, procedures. In the cockpit, the pilots are, like, waiting and hoping that engine one is just going to seize, right? Like, they've cut off the oil supply. You and I, Mariah, know a person in real life whose car died at 80,000 miles because she didn't change the oil. You and I both know a person personally who did that. Okay. So they're hoping that that will happen sooner. Um, Like, right. right, Like soon, please. Right. Just no oil at all. Yeah. Please happen. Okay. So they're the, that boat, that ship that they have been in contact with. I am going to butcher this pronunciation, but it's the USS Pontchartrain, Pontchartrain. We're just gonna say Pontchartrain. Yeah. Um, okay. and the Coast Guard is like talking with them, and as they're going, this, bam, the engine seizes, and when it seizes, it it makes like this, like rocks the whole plane because it it like breaks the internal things as the the lack of lubrication causes all that stuff to grind together and smash together, and finally. Bam, like just snaps internally, shakes the whole plane, but like good. (laughs) Like you deserved it. The engine, like, what are you doing? Causing trouble. Okay, so now that engine is dead, but because they weren't ever able to feather the the propeller, it's creating a lot of drag on that side. So in order to make up for the lack of power and the increased drag on that side of the plane, they have to rev all three other engines up, 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 up to like the, the it's 
really a funny acronym or whatever that uh it's the maximum power other than takeoff like so it's it's not takeoff speed because that will kill these engines god bless them so fast right like they get like 60 seconds of takeoff speed right but it's as high as it can go without maxing out and putting it at even more risk so you've got those three engines revved pretty high and one engine that's not producing any power at all and creating a lot of drag so they're talking to this boat the uss Pontchartrain, and it's pitch black outside and they're doing their calculations about like the fuel consumption and the drag and the plane is like having a hard time maintaining its altitude and they're they're like we're not there's nowhere to land. They're halfway. All of this happened at almost exactly the halfway point between Honolulu and San Francisco. And there is nothing. There's nothing there. Yeah. There's nothing there. There's no islands. There's no nothing. And they're doing these calculations and they're like, we're going to have to ditch in the ocean. And they ought to figure out how to do that or what that's going to look like. And the flight attendants start to prepare uh, the cabin for a ditching. And so they have everybody like take off your shoes, put on your life jacket, uh, don't inflate the life jacket, don't inflate the life jacket, don't inflate the life jacket until you're outside the plane and in the like, don't inflate it keep it on take off anything sharp out of your pockets anything sharp and it's one of those things i think about where like if you tell somebody like take take out anything sharp off or like out of your pockets what people think of is going to be different right like there's going to be people who who don't even think to like remove like a wedding ring that is sharp and things like that and then there's people who are going to like really go like pull the buttons off like there was somebody who like had a garment on that had buttons on the exterior like a jacket with buttons and they like took that off because like i don't know are these buttons gonna pop a life raft i don't know right right? right. and there's a passenger who had a crucifix and like removed the had a rosary rather and removed the crucifix Mm. from the rosary because like the rosary beads are like not sharp but the crucifix is sharp right and so people are like going through that the little twins these twin two-year-old girls who just got woken up in the middle of the night and are now being forced to sit still in like an incredibly noisy aircraft and it's popping and like there's the like the it's extremely loud sounds and all of this are fussy 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 babies and the flight attendants come over and like the parents are obviously very like upset and also embarrassed and like all the different emotions and patty like like holds because they don't want to put the life jackets on and she has to like basically like physically like hold not just hold the baby but like pin her arms down so they can put the life jacket on and it's so scary and they ah they in the cockpit though they're talking to the pontchartrain and they are the pontchartrain is the vibe they're bringing is like it'll be fine it's fine the ocean is so 
still and peaceful right now. It's fine <laughs> like for whatever i don't know it's this yeah. is this is 11 years after world war ii ended like the people right. running the ship like some what the, the, it's fine you're fine. fine and i mean they're taking it seriously i don't want to act like they were dismissive sure. because they're taking it very seriously they're giving them all the re- relevant information but for example they're like you know the water is 74 degrees like it's fine you're fine right <laughs> it'll be great <laughs> like it's no like so i hope that that's helping the the pilots as they're like trying to do these calculations there is recording of the like back and forth communication between them and the pilots are more than happy to lean into the it's fine energy so god bless them the flight attendants are back there like wrangling babies and like just this very 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 scary moment and the pilots in all seriousness i have no doubt are equally scared but the the vibe is different so they are doing these calculations and they're just not going to make it to san francisco they're just going to have to ditch in the ocean but what does that mean if we have to ditch in the ocean like what do we do because then there's like it's pitch black out and there's no lights like we're not you can't if you can't see where you're going how are you going to even come close to being able to safely land right it's not a landing it's a ditching on the ocean so they're doing these calculations and while they're doing these calculations engine four the engine all the way on the right side starts to complain starts to like basically it can't keep up this speed it can't it's overworking and they try to feather the propellers of that one and that one is listening to them doesn't just run away it lets them feather the engines but they have to shut it down because it's going to like explode and so now they only have two engines and they really are having a very hard time maintaining their altitude and they're like four hours from sunrise and they have to like they can't maintain their altitude and the most obvious thing is to jump dump fuel so that they're lighter so they can maintain their altitude but they need the fuel so that they can fly continuously in a circle above this boat in the ocean for four hours and they like so how much fuel do you dump how much are you going to need what's going to happen if we lose another engine and we only have one engine like what like just all of this just they thankfully have a lot of brains in on it, right? Like yeah. they're figuring it out. They've got four people in the cockpit doing those calculations and weighing the different options. And they've got the people down on the poncha train. Like they're also able to like advise, tell them what they think, tell them what they have available. Like they're just going to try it. They're going to try to fly in circles above this coast guard ship until the sun is up and they can see the water and try to put it down in the water and so they make another announcement to the cabin because in the cabin people think that this is like they either they kind of don't understand what's happening which is pretty scary about as scary as i can imagine or they think that the ditching is like happening now 
And they make this announcement where they say, like, we are definitely going to ditch, but we're going to wait for the sun to come up. So it's going to be a few hours. The captain, God bless him, is a gracious host and says, like, so, you know, everybody relax, get something to eat, stretch your legs, have a smoke. Actual quote, again, have a smoke, you know, just... Because it's going to be a while. Now we're just waiting. Right. We're just waiting. We're going to fly in circles over the ocean, over this ship. And the Patty, Mary, and Catherine. Get up. And everyone's barefoot. And they just slowly try to, like fill time in a way that and it's that the thing I keep thinking about is like I'm sure you've had this happen where you 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 kind of got to kill time but you're also extremely aware that you could forget something right and that's a horrible feeling like where because the thing is is again a ditching in the ocean is incredibly dangerous actually no matter how calm everyone is acting it's extremely, extremely dangerous. And this is 1956. Like, people right. die in plane crashes much more often in 1956. And so the flight attendants, like, hand out cigarettes and magazines. And they hand out some, they, they serve some food, coffee. Patty, at some point, like gets up and goes into the galley and sees the coke that she had started to get out for the captain when she had originally gone in there. And she just sits there in the galley and drinks the coke. And that's just what a goddess. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah girl. Just just have it have just, just take have a minute moment, for yourself. Yeah. Just take a minute. Yeah. So they uh at some point somebody has the idea one of the flight attendants has the idea like oh oh we can hand out pillows to the passengers so that they can like when they go into the brace position they can like put their face on the pillow that's a good idea right like right. old school airbag maybe right yeah. and so they pass out pillows they um collect plastic bags and uh, have people put like papers and important documents and things like that in the plastic bags like but it's just that in the cockpit it's just flying in circles for hours and hours and hours and like trying to chit chat trying to like keep an eye on everything it's you have to it's like you're pretty aware right yeah. <laughs> of what's happening but it's just all four of the cockpit crew take turns like coming out to the passengers and like trying to make them feel like calm and relaxed and trying to let them like feel like it's no problem. It'll be fine. Um, everyone, all of the crew keep using the sight of the poncho train. They're in complete darkness except for this little line of light down in the ocean. And the poncha train is like they put out like a APB basically to like all of the ships in the area and tell them to like, like make your way over here. This plane is like it's a, a pretty rare thing to have a ditching that's planned hours in advance, right? So they're able to get other plane to ever other um, 
ships to come to the area to like help with any rescue and right so there's flying circles and flying circles and watch the other two engines and hope that the other two engines don't give them any more trouble and as it starts to get closer some people fall asleep because you will right some people will as it starts to get closer and closer to dawn the pilots start to practice just like ascending and descending so just seeing what they can actually do with two engines like if they come in to try to ditch how easy is it for them to ascend away from the water if they want to like abort the ditching basically you know like how so there there's no protocols for any of this right it's not so they like try ascending and descending they try um like they're there's going in big circles the whole time everybody's kind of like mills around until it's getting closer and closer and closer and it's in that like light like hazy pre-dawn time and the poncha train they have foam like flame retardant foam the way that uh the stuff that like firefighters use at the airport and they have that foam and they blow a bunch of it out onto the water coat make like a runway air quotes runway in the water where they want the plane to land like you ditch here and if something catches on fire hopefully this will slow it down and it gives you like a place to aim lay that out for them and the pilots can see them doing it and and it's time the pilots are all in the cockpit the flight attendants wake everybody up who's fallen asleep they have people like put their life jackets back on they reiterate for the millionth time do not inflate your life jacket until you're outside of the the plane um, they make sure that everybody's gotten anything off, like sharp things. Anyone who's put your shoes on, take them off again. They go over like these are the doors, right? And over the doors, there are inflatable life rafts. So they kind of like designate people like this passenger or that passenger, take the life jacket down. The um, the navigator. So the navigator has, you know, like there's Richard number two, <laughs> like he's, yeah. he hit, thank his, his work in the cockpit, right? He doesn't have a, he's not controlling a part of the plane, yeah. right? So he is going to come out and sit in the seat closest to the main door, the main entrance door, um, so that he can open it as soon as it's time. It's time. Sun's up. They can see the water. They can see the ship. They can see ships in the distance coming toward them to also be available to help. They can see that foam runway. Richard, the navigator, like 
sprints out of the cockpit and sits down next to the door and like he straps in and says like this is it which it's like oh boy you're right like oh and so everyone is is buckled in and the parents of those like twins asks they've been asking right along and they keep getting the answer but they ask again about like how they should hold their kids because each of the parents has one of the girls in their laps and are like holding them and it's that the instinct you want to strap them in like to you like under the seatbelt next to your body but that's very dangerous you can't do that your weight will like smush them right so you have to like keep them outside the kids could sit in their own seat but they are little right they're little and there's not guidelines for every little thing it's 1956 there's not everyone's just using their best judgment right? right so the parents are like holding each of the parents have one of the little girls and everyone is like just waiting and praying and looking out the window or closing their eyes or trying to deal with it however they can and they've got the pillows in their laps and the pilots make the announcement that they're going to land they use the word land instead of ditch and they say that they decide that they're going to do a practice landing first and then come around and do it because they are seems like they're able to ascend even with two engines as long as they don't push it so they sweep around and they come down and they fly just like a couple inches over the foam and then they lift back up not very high come around the pilot makes the announcement after they rehearse the landing he makes this last announcement and says the conditions below are ideal. The water temperature is 74 degrees. The waves are only inches high. There's absolutely nothing to worry about. Things couldn't be better for us. I'll soon give you a warning. And one minute before we touch down, I'll tell you this is it. Do as the stewardesses tell you, please. And he swings around. And makes the announcement over the thing and says, like, this is it. They slide onto the foam and then the belly of the plane slides onto the water. And for like the first moment, it's smooth. And then the left wing like dips into the water and they hit the bam. Like the whole thing rocks forward and shifts back and then harder, bam, forward. And both of those little girls go sprawling out of their parents' arms and everything falls forward. And that wing, that left wing starts to dip more into the water and it feels like they're going to tip over. And they don't. The left wing bobs back up. The tail of the plane snaps and water starts to come into the plane. And the flight attendants and Richard, the the navigator, jump up as soon as the plane is like still enough. They can feel the water like splashing onto them. And the flight attendants, Mary, Patty, Catherine, Richard, jump up, start to grab the rafts up out of the thing. Richard 
slams the door open, pushes the door open and inflates the raft and then tries to shove the raft through and Patty runs over to where the raft is and it's the door that's closest to her and the raft gets like stuck in the door and Patty and Richard like just hurl their bodies against it, like ram into it and pops out onto the water. The pilots who are still in the cockpit run out and start to like just grab people yelling like don't inflate your life jacket until you're outside everybody starts to jump like file out like just onto the wing or onto the out of the door onto the raft whatever door they're closest to they start to spill out of it everybody like grabs like the little kids like grabs whatever they not whatever they can not their stuff but whoever they can and everybody like spills out and as they're spilling out onto the life rafts or onto the wing to wait to get into life rafts there's already the coast guard from the panchamont or whatever they're already coming and they're already like right there they're right there already they were waiting for this and everybody lives oh my god everybody lives the plane sinks so fast the plane does not live the plane does not live the plane sinks so fast but not so fast like, but the people were faster. The plane sinks so fast. Oh my God. But they were faster. And they got out into those life rafts and they paddled on toward the Panchamont and they look, watch, God, watch the plane just like vanish under the foam. Oh like, my God. And just. <sighs> Everybody lived. Everyone lived. Everyone lived. Oh. The there are tons, like an incredible amount of pictures and video of this of the ditching because the you the Coast Guardsmen like on the ship had cameras and took like pictures wow. of the landing of everything. So and um I didn't so there's like an old life magazine article about this that like I found like the full article with the pictures the pictures are unfortunately like it just the quality of the uploaded magazine Mm -hmm. aren't that high like the quality is not that good but I think it's still worth it and I was thinking about reading you know how I um what I really want to do is read Little House on the Prairie and yeah. just post that. But um, I was thinking about like as a like an extra like freebie or whatever, just reading that article and posting it as like oh, a bonus. Oh, yeah. Because it is a good time. But. That'd be great. Um, yeah. Everybody lived except Gosh. the plane. That's such oh. a long time to be in such a state. Hours. Hours. Like hours. hours. Oh, and they had to like keep clear and like focus and like, oh my gosh, it's just, and again, like I just think about the, like they were all asleep when this started, right? And then you get woken up in like the scariest way possible, and then yeah, like the people who could fall asleep, God bless them, right? Like that's 
honestly great that they could sleep because yeah. it is just waiting but it's so scary and you're so full of like just stress hormones and then just like people who can't for whatever reason either like small children yeah. or like folks who like just can't get the information in english and understand it yeah. right like folks it's an international flight like just how lonesome that can be anyway but then how like lonesome and scary it would be in something like this but i love thinking about the pilots just chatting it up with the coast guard guardsmen oh, like just yeah. having just i mean it's so scary right. but like i mean all of these guys were in world war Two, right like not yeah. probably not the coast guard i mean some of the coast guardsmen and then some of the coast guardsmen are going to be like 18 and they're probably on the, you know, on the radio, like razzing the 18 year olds yeah. for not fighting in World War II or whatever. <laughs> but like, just, no, I yeah. don't know. It just like such a, oh, oh, I'm so glad they lived because four hours and then having like half of them die or something. I wouldn't right. have done, I just, at least not today. I wouldn't have been the day for that. Yeah. But yeah. But it's well, not and I think, like, then having to get back on a plane and go home. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right? Uh, yeah. I'm only flying during well, the day. Oh. Yeah. No. Mm. Stupid engines. Stratocruisers. Oh, so luxurious and so Truly. deadly. Yeah. Real bad. Oh. Oh, my gosh. Not good. Not good at all. Can't not believe they lived. All. I definitely did not think. I was like, no oh. way. I can't. The thought of, I know I like almost always hone in on this and it's like easier in this story because everyone lived, but just the feeling of like, it is so, so hideous to imagine like holding your baby and like feeling them get like ripped out of your arms yeah. by just the forces of right. like the crash like that is just i can't it just yeah. oh and then like the thought of yeah then like scooping your baby up off the floor and they're okay right, right? like that's such a relief but oh my gosh such. just the physical yeah experience of that is so horrible right because you're also feeling the emotional side of it as well like right. all at right. the same time it's just well and they're two-year-olds and they're being like fussy because right. it's the middle of the night and right. just like how what that's like when you're when you're like really for whatever whatever you have going on in your grown-up brain yeah makes you really 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 want to like have like a nice moment with your baby but your mm -hmm. baby is just like yeah. yeah like yeah, you know, right. just exactly. whatever yeah exactly oh. so many emotions so many wow the thing that like the life article like the life magazine article specifically may is very like like praises the kind of like stoicism and like the compliance of everyone involved so much and that it's just jumps out at me that that is like i don't 
I don't seems think like very timely sometimes. Like it is. Yeah. Yeah. It, it like, is a very like timely such a way to write that article. Like it's it's such a like a artifact of that time yes. where like that's something like you you praise those qualities exactly like people being yeah like and people like wanted to read about it yeah right yeah. and like celebrate and like be inspired by that like bravery or that like yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know it's such no, like an that interesting is, that is a good point it's there are Even very the, like few yeah. articles like that yeah there i feel like there are very few articles like that these days in reference to like the Is helpers it? or whatever like you know how yeah. mr rogers says like watch for the helpers yeah mr rogers sweet mr rogers and it just it's just like not i don't know yeah it's definitely changed for sure and just the verbiage and the the tone i think and part of it is also like what what the like if people are quiet in an emergency situation, what you chalk that up to? Like, exactly. are they quiet because they're like brave and stoic or are they quiet because they're like frozen in fear? Because I feel like the I'm very, very grateful to live in a time where you can like talk about your emotions more freely yeah. and with less shame. Like, I'm very grateful for that. And I think that there is like a. I think that a lot of times people have a really hard time making sense of their own emotions and behavior in really extreme situations. Mm. And probably there are uh, not probably certainly there are people who do respond in like with like obedience, like compliance, like tell me what to do and I'll do it. Like, yeah, yeah like get, like let's do it, which is very, very, very good. And that actually is most of the time like yeah like if that's your instinct it's a good instinct yeah. right it's not a bad instinct but we like don't have a lot of i do feel like maybe it's an underappreciated instinct in general now maybe yeah. like the just like just fucking do what the stewardesses tell you to do <laughs> like they're they are like just because we're calling them flight attendants because they are there primarily for your safety right but like they're the stewards of your life right now so yeah. like so help them out <laughs> like just let them oh, steward yeah let them be good stewards of your well-being and just just do just do what you're supposed to do you know like i do feel yeah, like it's yeah. an underappreciated quality yeah. and i don't know but i'm not saying that to like i don't know i'm not ugh, whatever no it's like, not we had like the guy oh, last time yeah yeah it's not like throwing oh, his overhead this. yeah exactly it's like we're not wishing to go back or anything like that but it's yeah i don't know a point one of these different. days yeah yeah one of these days we're gonna do jowl one two three um and like japan airlines like there's a great deal of that you know in in the 80s on mm. that plane and i think that that's again there is like a cultural element i don't know it's just so yeah. interesting to me like yeah. how it just is so noticeable yeah how different like if this same article was written about the same thing they would probably emphasize the 
like fear, right? Like the yeah. emotional side of it, I would think. Totally. And they would probably emphasize like maybe I'm probably biased because I just got to tell the story and I got to emphasize what I wanted to emphasize. <laughs> right. So you already maybe know what I think, right? Like our girl drinking that Coke in the galley and uh, just taking a minute for herself. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't think I've ever related to someone more oh in one of these gosh. stories. Right. Than just like, yep. I'm just going to just, I'm just going to take a minute and yep. I'm going to drink this Coke and I'm not going to bring it to the captain. <laughs> exactly. I want him to have what he needs. I'll bring him a different one. If he wants one, I'll bring him a different one. Of course. But I'm just going to drink this but in this silence. This Coke is mine right now. I need this. This Coke is mine. Yeah. This moment is mine. Yeah. We're going to be up here for four hours. I'm drinking this Coke. Like that. Uh, very, uh, I did actually do that too. Like sometimes on like horrible, ho- like not dangerous, thank God, but horrible days at the airport when it was mm. just like every flight was canceled. Yeah. Like go down to the plane. I'd be like, I'm just going to go, you know, like ask, like see if there's any updates from the crew. And I would go down and then just, and like I would obviously, I want to know if there's updates. Of, of course. course. I also don't, have, I want the information too, but like I'm just going to sit here and have a snack. Exactly. I'm gonna drink a yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just going to take them. I'm going to use the bathroom on the minute. plane because if I, because if I try to use the regular bathroom people are gonna like hound me while i'm like washing my hands right. about like Where which the uh, is. yeah oh everybody like the holidays are coming up please be nice to the gate agents oh, and yeah. the flight attendants yeah. and everyone but please be nice <laughs> oh god bless america bless. oh my gosh <laughs> Just, what a world what a world what a world oh i i'm so happy that we did this because yeah, it's me too because we have not <laughs> we have not so i'm glad that we did it's not your fault it's 100 percent my fault no i mean it's just it's i want just everyone life. to know that it is just life it is like and here's Ugh. the thing though like i you know regardless it is not offensive to and it shouldn't be no one should take offense to my love for canceling plans <laughs> Oh, no one should take offense to it because it could oh. be anybody. And I'm like, yep, let's cancel. It sounds great. I mean, obviously, Please. there are certain things that you don't want to cancel, but like generally. But like, postpone, life, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. No, that I don't even remember what the joke was from. It was like a sketch on something. Somebody will know what it is, I hope, and can tell me what it was. But there was like a sketch of like app in like apps people were making and one of them do you know what this one Uh it was like it's an app where like you put a plan in with like another person and if you want to cancel you just you like hit cancel but they don't see it unless they also hit the button oh so it's like you can both put it out there just put it out there that like i don't i don't want to do something when i could do nothing like and you just hit the button or whatever and then if both of you hit it then your plan is canceled and there's uh, no hard feelings i want that so badly i need that app. i want it, is it that's a, a very app? good app it no i don't know it was like a sketch it was like a joke someone i hope really hope someone can remind me what it's from because i want to know <laughs> it's oh like, my I god I, I need this app but like it's just someone make that someone who knows how to make apps make that app and then yeah. sell it to instagram or whoever <laughs> yeah. or whatever Google sell calendars. it to apple right exactly just sell it to them for a billion dollars and like whatever send me one, ti- one... tiger or whatever yeah. not a tiger that's that's not okay but um <laughs> An animal that doesn't mind being in captivity. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it's fine. So just whatever. You're rich. Figure it out. Like, figure it out. We just, gave you the yeah, idea. Goddamn. Oh, 
and then you know give a kickback to whoever actually made that sketch who i can't remember but right, right but yeah, yeah i want that app so badly because Ugh. i mean i'm i can be super excited about oh, things right that's but the like, thing yeah right but, uh, but like, like if i if oh. if it's between and like obviously i love talking to you we talk almost every day i love However, i love you mariah right. i love you so much if there is, is an option to do absolutely nothing <laughs> or whatever like nothing. the thing is that i need to do you know right or do something else oh, um right that's that's really what it is right yeah. but what it is like that thing my like dear sweet beautiful mother was talking about how um like we were chatting last week and she like had the house to herself on like a saturday like a day off yeah. And we were just talking about how she's like, I can just, you know, like have like five different projects going, like just like start one in this room and then like walk to another room, have a different thing going on in there and just it get all five projects, you know, like 95 percent done, whatever. Yeah, like yeah. we're not even for perfection here, <laughs> but just like slowly by like rotating between them. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why it's so hard if it's like. Oh, no. Now I have to like do with something that takes me away from all five of these tasks. Exactly. Like I will. That's it. Yeah. I will not complete a task for yeah. weeks now. Like, what do yes. we? I, oh, right. It's like so you hard. lose that. You lose that motivation. That oh, it like, just. Oh, I spent all that time in my brain organizing it, and now it's just something has well, come in between it. <laughs> well, and we've. I mean, you you do more stuff with people, much more stuff with people than I do, and like that. Yeah. Is incredible. Like, wow. How? <laughs> but <laughs> but it is, but we were talking about how like and again, guys, anyone who's listening to this, we love you so much. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if like people who aren't like this or don't feel this way, people who like are truly like energized by spending time with others mm, and stuff yeah. like that. Like, I don't blame folks like that if they have a hard time believing that right. like yeah. You can authentically love being with someone and spending time with them and like mm-hmm. want to see them and miss them and just have like like just that feeling of like walking through mud yes. to like do anything social where it's yep. just like so hard. Yeah. Why is it so hard? It is hard. Ugh. Anyway. The, <laughs> we did uh, it. <laughs> it's a lot. We did it. We did. And like both of us, I think it's like worth saying that both of us have like jobs where we that are like you're like really very demanding. much like direct human contact. Yeah. yeah. And like for you, um, also a lot of like an incredible amount of paperwork. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And just, yeah. An insane amount of tasks, so I, yeah. like executive tasks that I have to do all day. All yes. Day yeah. <laughs> I do think about like times in my life where I've been much more social and Mm -hmm. that is like a major difference is that like the, the stuff I had going on in my life at the time, like my job or the work that I was doing at the time was like much more like either like not customer facing or like just didn't have the same you're not spending like the bulk of your week doing something that like kind of taps in that uh exactly. social like human interaction energy exactly and like talking all the time and 
yeah, just like having to come up with original thoughts. Oh, it's so hard. Coming up Someone with original think... thoughts is hard. Oh, and it's just all that's why. That is like part of the like incredible magic of like creative people. It's like look at all of these original thoughts. Like <laughs> right. wow, this is amazing. Like oh my so gosh. Good. And another, I had forgotten about this, but I don't know. I can't remember if we ever did this or if like the timeline just didn't. If it was just, I think it was like maybe before we lived together. But because we weren't like kind of, we kind of weren't friends until we lived together. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm super glad that worked out. Yeah, me too. Because <laughs> that. <laughs> but um there was like a long period of time where like anytime I spent time with friends like we would take a nap like we yeah. would it's like and it is I I miss that that's like yeah. one of my favorite ways to spend time with somebody if yeah. I could just like what if we just literally are not conscious yeah yeah we're next to each other but yep. we're not conscious yep. like let's just have a nice little like platonic nap it's yeah, just exactly. a great way to bond <laughs> That's what you do with the cats. It's beautiful. You yeah. feel very close to them. Yeah. Yeah. The cats love it. Oh, my goodness. Cats love, oh, they love some it. Cuddles. Bedtime yeah. cuddles. If you'll just, yeah. If you'll just sit still and lay down. Yeah. That's what they like. Yeah, exactly. Why don't we do that more? Yeah. The wisdom. So of good. Cats. Oh, I love you. I oh, my gosh. You, you have, have a fact. A fact. I want to hear it. I posted something and I think I texted you about this, uh, but I posted something on the Instagram and I just wanted to re-highlight it because it's just such an amazing. He was just such an amazing man. But um, Sir Robert Charlton passed away on the 21st of October um, and he was one of the Manchester United players who survived the plane crash. He was one of the only ones. Um, and there, I mean, you know, there are endless facts about him. Like, obviously he, you know, he was born in the thirties and just died. So like, yeah, very, a lot of life. very long life. Yeah. And, and has done so much, but, um, my, the first thing, I don't know if you do this, but when I get into like my research tunnel, rabbit hole, uh, things, <laughs> I always look at the early life uh and oh, like yeah. the marriage to see if they're married yeah um and he was married wait where is it what is it oh here it is so he met his wife norma ball at an ice rink in manchester in 1959 oh. they married in 1961 um and they were married until the day he died oh norma Oh, sweet Norma. Oh, met at the fucking ice rink. They had two daughters, Suzanne and Andrea. Suzanne was a weather forecaster on the BBC (gasps) during the 90s, which is fancy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, oh, that's that's so nice. Just beautiful. Like, I just, I love. I love love and I love long term love. I hope they were happy. He yeah. seemed like a pretty great guy. Um, he did like a lot of, you know, like charity stuff and he was just really involved. Like he just lived a full fucking life. Um, oh. so I encourage everybody to kind of look into him a little bit more. But yeah, very cute. And. Uh, yeah. That's that Sir, so Sir Bobby. wonderful. I know. It's so, truly. So he was in his 90s? 
Yeah. Uh, mm. yeah, what is that? Or late 80s? 86. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. And he was, <sighs> I mean, he was one of Manchester's best players. And his, like, his whole, a lot of his uncles and, like, cousins and his brother played professional soccer. Which is funny, oh. like so many people, and um, yeah, I don't know. He just had a really cool life, so I encourage you all to take a look at at least his Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's I do the same cool. thing, but yeah, yeah, that like the the personal life thing or the early life, like just seeing, you know, what because I love stuff like that because it'll have like yeah. the most random stuff, and it's if you exactly. if you're like in the mood to fall down a rabbit hole, a plus, like, a plus, yeah. I I don't I have no memory of why I was looking up Joaquin Phoenix, but like finding out that Joaquin Phoenix yeah. was born in like the Children of God yes. cult and like his family changed their last name to Phoenix when they left the cult so right. that they because they're like rising from the ashes of this cult or whatever. Like that's just great. Right. I'm so glad I read that. I need that context. I'm so glad to know that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I need to know it. Also, yeah. I did I, I'm going to edit this out. I'm like 99% sure I'm going to edit this out <laughs> okay. because this, this doesn't belong on the airwaves. But like, do did you say that a lot of his family also played professional soccer? Yeah. Yeah. That like, do you. How much time in your mind is dedicated to considering like you and Ty's genes and like what sports your kids would be good at I oh think about my God, it yeah too much no you think I think about, about that it too? all the time yeah Ty all the time well, and Ty specifically talks more about what sports he like will refuse to let our kids play just because of safety yeah like football's yeah. out like he is very serious about yeah. our kids not playing okay. football Ty is we just I just have to live with the fact that Ty is a better person than me like Ty's <laughs> Ty's moral code is more pure than mine it's, it's because like unmatched with anybody on this planet I swear to God he's he's got such a like Ty and he's so kind and gentle about yeah, it like there's yeah. I don't even know how many text exchanges I have with Ty where <laughs> I say something and the answer is like oof and then like well how about this version of that thing you just said i'm like okay like yeah that sounds better but like because obviously like football is that's a huge guys just it takes up so much mental energy so much although i do blame ty for that because he yes made me play stupid fantasy football it's ruining my life but um which you are killing at by the way we should tell the people that you are you are does aaron listen to this no, I don't think so. That was actually one of the things. I know. That was actually one of the, you know what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. was like telling the one, the person who's doing better than me in fantasy football, I was like, we have to like collude to bring her down yes. and tie her back. Oof. And it was because it's like, okay, is it immoral, tie? <laughs> like, but, um, but, no, I'm just I'm a joke. On him. But, yeah. no, that, the, um, gosh, what was I going to say? The, oh, like the tie is like, our kids cannot play football because they will die. Right. Right. And it's horrible. And like, we love all of the, I, I know, like Brian asked me the other day, he's like, why do you like Tua so much? And it's like, I like Tua because he's going to like OJ, his whole family in like 30 yeah. years. Yeah. And, but he's like, right now he's 23, baby. And he's right. really good at football. Right. He's just going to do it. Three, right. three concussions in two weeks. I don't know. Who knows exactly. what's going to happen, but he's so good at football. So I don't know. If, football. I, 
if I loved him, like if he was my son, brother, friend, like I would be begging him to quit football. Yeah. But if I was him, nothing could make me quit. No, not a thing. Like, you know, yeah. that's, yeah. So, <laughs> but I was, Brian and I were talking about that. Like, would we let our kids play football or whatever? Yeah. And it's just like, Okay, but they'd have to be like they'd have to be like really good at football. Yes, very, like, very what if they're good. if if they're in like but I mean like if they're in like the top like point zero one percent, then it's kind of like, oh, are you good at baseball too or not? Exactly. Like, yeah. Oh, that's. <laughs> but like, if you're good at, but if you're athletic, I mean, you might as well just play baseball. Like, yeah. There's so many other sports. Other sport. There's so many other sports that I don't know that you can get good at. I know. Ugh. Ugh. Flag football. football. Let's do. Let's let's bring back flag football. Yeah, or, or not like, bring it yeah, back. I, I mean, we're starting to. It's going to be in the Olympics let's now. Bring it. Yeah, that's good. I'm very glad about that. Yeah, and I think it would be, or like rugby even because yeah. like the absence of pads reduces injury because <gasps> they're not running into each other at the same like velocity. Right. But yeah, oh football, it's horrible. I, I don't know. They got it. Oh gosh. Okay. I want them to football. play hockey. I love you. Honest. I love you so much. Hockey. Yeah. Hockey. In this in this area, like that's actually that's like highly plausible. Yeah. Like they can play hockey. Yeah. Up here. I love hockey. Yeah. I don't know. I figure you put them in gymnastics when they're babies, oh, and yes. then like let it go from there. Because like gymnastics, when you're a baby, you get that like. Flexibility. Like flexibility and like body awareness. Yeah. See where it goes from there. Exactly. But yeah. <sighs> I love you so, so much. I love you too. Thanks for telling that story. Thank you for listening. Yeah. You're wonderful. And I love you. Love you. And uh, we love you all. We Thanks for sticking around. Love. Oh, we love you so much, guys. You have been so gracious. Like, yeah. There are definitely yeah. a few of you who have emailed and we have not gotten the chance to reply. We will be doing that soon. Um, and I, I know, I don't know if people like believe this, but like we, it is truly such a source of joy. It is such like dessert. It is like yeah. pure dessert to get those like messages. It's so wonderful. Yes. And we want to give you like an actual response. And that's why it takes the brick wall sometimes yeah yeah Yeah, exactly it's not we want it to be a genuine thing um yeah and sometimes that just takes a little bit longer for bandwidth yeah and that's okay but but on this night at this time wherever you are in the world you're listening to this episode because we did it yes so (laughs) go team yay yay i love you i love you we love you Bye. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Pod Crashed. We so hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch with us for any reason, you can email us at thepodcrashed at gmail.com or message us on Instagram or TikTok. Love you all so, so much. It's fall. Everything is crazy and nothing makes sense. Um, I don't know. I love you guys. Thanks for listening.
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.